Today on Locked On Canadians, we continue our pre-draft coverage with a very special guest, and we're going to talk a lot of Q and then some high-risk, high-reward players that might be available later in the draft. All that's coming up in just one moment. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 649 of Locked On Canadians. We have a very special episode for you today that is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Laura Saba. I'm one of your hosts, also known as the Active Stick, and my co-host Scott Matla is really excited for today's episode because we get to talk about some things we don't generally talk about with a very special guest. And our special guest is a friend of mine. Actually, I realized that we know each other, that we've known each other for 10 years because I remember that I met you when the Memorial Cup was in Shawinigan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that is Jerome Barube, who's the director of scouting for HockeyProspect.com. And welcome to our show, and thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me having me on. We are so excited to talk to you. We have so many questions for you. But first, let's talk a little bit about what you do, because I remember that when I first met you, you had started doing scouting very, very early stages. And now you've been doing it for a decade. And to be honest, like you're one of our go to people because you guys are the ones that put out the black book every draft. And that's the one we consult. And I just want to tell our listeners, we've decided not to debate that first overall pick anymore. We're over it. We're, we know what we're, we're, we've decided, you know, Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon can make their decision and we're going to be happy either way. And we're going to litigate that five years from now. But for now, we want to talk a little bit about the queue. So, Jerome, maybe tell us a little bit about how you got into scouting and what are the kinds of things that you do right now? Like you've had an extensive career. So let's talk about that a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was always pretty in, interested in, in hockey prospect. Watch, I watched a lot of junior hockey before I even got in, involved into it and like scouting back then was kind of like almost like you want to be a pro wrestler how do you how do you get <laughs> I, how do you like get involved in this and so um back way back 2009 2010 i started i started like a youtube channel uh where i post highlights of players and way back there was zero access to video prospects anywhere and that got me noticed, and uh, Mark Edwards from HockeyPospect.com saw, saw that. He contacted me, and then uh, while talking, we we kind of realized, like, I knew a lot about scouting um, and upcoming prospects. The queue, I knew the queue inside out or pretty well back then. So, and then started scouting for him, and then, um, you know, there was a lot of good scout on the staff. So like at, at the beginning, I'm just learning. I'm just uh, trying to like learn from, from the other guys on the staff. And then, you know, as guys move on, I move up the chart at hockeyprospect.com. And then I became like the head scout at some point. Um, and then uh, since uh, this, this year, I'm, I'm the director of scouting. 
we Scott, you looked ready to ask a question. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, we love we love growth, and like, it's crazy how things have changed. Like, from hey, I was posting YouTube highlights in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, which was a wild era in its own on YouTube, to you know, being one of the preeminent leads and one of the biggest scouting services available. And with that wealth of knowledge and the years that you've spent, I, I guess my first question is. Um, we've talked about the queue a lot and it's in Montreal's backyard. The draft is there. We know that every year we go through, are they going to pick a lot of players from the QMJHL? Are they going to pass on that for other players? And I was wondering, has who has caught your eye out of that league this year? Cause uh, last year, the Canadians, you know, did pretty well drafting out of there. Uh, Riley Kidney and Joshua Watt turned out fantastic so far. Who who has kind of caught your eye or who have you kind of uh, honed in on that, you know, has stood out this year in the queue for yourself? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of an average year this year. Like, unfortunately for the Canadians, they were supposed to get the, the 220 draft. That was a really good year for the queue. Uh, you have, you know, obviously Lafreniere, but you have Maverick Bork, Hendrix Lapierre, Dawson Mercer, uh, Justin Barron. So there's a lot of good talents. Then uh, this year, a bit more average. I think my um, our first ranked player is Nathan Goshi. Uh, he's a kid I've seen play for uh, four years. Um, I saw him play his midget draft year, and then the last three seasons with the Quebec Rampart. Um, he's a guy I am. I'm. I expect him to go in the first round. Um, guys of his size, of his. his the way he skates and the way he shoots the puck. Um, don't usually go too late um, in the draft. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing he's going to go like probably in the last, you know, last tier of the first round. Um, he's um, he plays for Patrick Roy, um, the center. Um, I'm guessing, I, I think he might move to the wing at the pro level. Uh, I think, you know, maybe his playmaking is a bit more, you know, on the average side. Um, so as a center, I like, I like my center to be able to make player around them better. Uh, in this case, he's more like a, he has more of a shooting shooter mentality. So, um, I prefer those guys on the wing. Um, and, uh, he's, our, he's, he's pretty safe as a prospect. You know, you draft him and you sleep pretty well at night after round one, or if you pick him in round two, you, you know, you, you get a, a pretty solid pro player down the road. If you pick him in round two, you got a steal is essentially yeah. <laughs> the case. So you were talking a little bit about how maybe his playmaking isn't as strong as you would normally want from a center. Are there any other flaws to his game that people should look out for? Because, you know, if he's going to be available that, that late, there's the 26th pick and there's the 33rd pick. So the Canadians yeah. might have a shot at him. They might not go for him. But like, what are the kind of things that you would want to watch out for with him? Well, the reason why he's not higher on higher on, our, on the list and is the like we don't we think he's a third line type player, so we don't see the skill level being able to become a, a top six forward. Um, his shot is good, but you know he's it, not going to be um, like I don't I don't think of him as a you know becoming a twenty five thirty goal type player at the initial level, but he's. He's a pretty safe player, and then if you relate first and you get an NHL player there, you're pretty sure that he's going to be an NHL player. Whether it's a, only a third-line player, doesn't really matter. Like, you want an NHL player. Um, late first, I think, 
you know, that I think that's why he's going to go there. Teams are, are just going to, hey, if I can get a for sure NHL player at that spot, I'm, I'm taking him. I think it's one of those things where, like, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about how you can have a good quality bottom six or a desperation replacement bottom six. Um, I think for me, that's something that that a lot of teams need to look out for. And it's really interesting the way that you evaluate players, because every time we talk to different prospect experts, um, a lot of people will give more weight to the upside. A lot of people will give more weight to the chances of getting into the NHL. But we've got a couple of names we want to ask Jerome about, and that's all coming up in just one moment. But first, BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including NHL, Major League Baseball, the NBA is heating up, the offseason's heating up, everything will be on BetOnline.net. It is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, Scott, you had a little list of players that you wanted to ask our guest about that you're excited to know a little bit more about. Uh, and this is all from the queue, but later we're going to talk about um, prospects, eligible prospects as a whole. Uh, one of the biggest ones, and because I know he is a large, large teenager right now, Noah Warren's been a name I've seen a lot in that there are parts of his game that people like, and then there are parts that are drawbacks. And I'm wondering, he's in that range. We're talking that 26 to 33 range. And I look at that and go, a big rangy defenseman. Jeff Gordon had a knack in New York for maybe going a little bit you know, bigger. We obviously knew the previous regime did, but the Canadians mentioned now they want to go more modern. Is Noah Warren a guy who can fit into what the Canadians want in their system, good puck-moving defenseman, or is he more of that old-school, you know, kind of defensive defenseman type that it might not be the best fit for it? I mean, if you if you if you draft Noah Warren, I, like you cannot really expect him to become like a, a real offensive defenseman. Um, that's not that's not his game. Defense will be his game. Um, he's, um, I mean, like you said, he's huge. He's six foot five, uh, two hundred twenty pounds. Uh, he skates really well. Um, he's he has really improved since like he's one guy that I've seen since since he was fourteen years old. So I've seen the the improvement with his game, um, and this year was really impressive to see the improvement that he had. Um, mostly what it was with his puck game. Um, he was making better first pass, playing better under pressure. Um, and as a scout, that's what I, I really look into prospects. I want to see them improve. I don't want to see them regress from year to year. Um, and, and Noah Warren is definitely, definitely improved this year. Um, he's learning to be even more physical, playing a bit more you know, he's, he was never like a super physical guy, but he has incredible tools to become one. Um, so he's learning to use his frame more. Um, and, you know, there's always been a, a comparable between him and Maverick Lemberg, who's another big defenseman from the Cubes this year. 
And, you know, I, I, at the beginning of the year, I would say I had Lamour ahead of Warren. And then, you know, maybe Lamour didn't improve as much this year. And then Warren did the opposite. So there was a kind of like I had to switch them in my in my list uh, during the year. But, yeah, um, you know, I don't think you – in Warren's case, like, I don't think you're going to expect a lot of offense out of him. But can he be, like, a solid – Repairing defenseman that you when he's on the ice you you don't worry you don't worry about one thing and his puck game is improving um, so to me everything that he did this year was positive um, so very good draft year for him. I just looked up Maverick Lamoureux. One, I thought he was a winger, a winger, and I realized I was confusing him with Maverick Bork, which is my fault. And then, oh my God, he's eighteen and he's six foot seven. That's <laughs> my God. That's impressive in, in like size and like you said though they kind of went in opposite directions a little bit this year and does that give you know people in scouting circles pause that it's like hey this guy you know was we had him projected much higher and now this year he's not playing poorly but the steps haven't been there for that next step forward and that does that kind of give um people in the scouting service a little bit of a uh, pause and going and how you rank them, even though you had one higher than the other when you started? Yeah. Um, I mean, it depends where you – it's all, it's all a, a, pro, a projection game, right? So at the beginning of the year, you – I look at, let's say, Lemur, and I'm like, my goodness, six foot seven, skates well, is really physical. I mean, NHL team will be all over him. Um, and then, you know, you watch him this, in this, this season, and he got hurt like a few times. Um and then the part of his game that had to improve, he didn't. Like, that was his game under pressure. And then I just mentioned Warren. That's where he improved. And if you, if you can't handle pressure as a defenseman, it's really hard to, you know, draft them too high um, because there's a, there's a risk there that if you can't, like I, I always say, if you can't retrieve Fox in your zone and do the right decision with the Fox, it's going to be tough to play at the NHL level. So that's what I mean by Warren and, and Lamour kind of like switching role this year for me. Um, and so I think, I don't know, like it's tough to really get a, a good read where Lamour is going to go in a draft. I think he might go really high or really low. Um, it's, it's a tough one to, to get a read on. I think one of the things that's coming up a lot now and it's not just this year, but when we talk about defensemen, we no longer talk about how big they are or how bruising they are. We talk a lot about decision-making, and I feel like the game's changed so much, and it's just so exciting to see that like hockey smarts have has a place on the stage. And I think I'm going to ask you a, a general question in your experience before we move on to some other players that Scott wants to ask you about, because you've been doing this for quite some time. Do you find that when you have a player that, um, whether whatever position they play, like there's always this, this idea that you can't teach hockey sense, but do you think that with experience and with, with game minutes, like it's possible for somebody to learn to make better decision on, decisions on the ice and become a smarter hockey player? Or if it's just, it's, it's not there, it's not there. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really hard to really teach hockey sense. Uh, you can teach to play a, a more simple game for, let's say for a defenseman. I think that's what Noah, Noah Ryan did, did this year. He just simplifies his game. Um, he's like he's never going to blow anyone with his skill level or anything like that. But he's doing just enough 
that you can project him as an NHL defenseman. But to go back to your question, it's really hard to teach hockey sense to a player. I, I'm a believer that either you have it or not. Um, a lot of example, like I know Marty Sand we talked about this this year and with uh, Josh Henderson and even Brandon Gallagher at some point. Uh, I don't know. It's I I mean I'm I'm ready to be convinced of it, but I, I don't have a lot of proof that this can be done. Um, and I've seen it with many players over the years that I question the hockey stands, and then you know you watch them five six years later at the pro level, it's they still have the same issue. So. That yeah, that that that's kind of where I was leaning, but I, I think it's really interesting to talk about because you talk a lot or you what you view is a lot of prospects, right? People before they get to the NHL. You just talked about seeing players, you know, starting when they were fourteen, whereas like when I'm like my experience is like AHL is basically the earliest, right? So it's it's interesting to see like, you know, where that kind of hockey sense comes from and where it forms. Scott, we have time for one more player to ask in this segment. All right, uh, we're going to round out with a trio of defensemen here then. Uh, the last one would be uh, Tristan Leneau is one of those names that's right in that range there. And someone we talked about a little bit before the show here. There's so many options for the Canadians. And Laura and I have talked about if they pick Slefkovsky, if they pick Shane Wright, if they pick a center at 26, if they do this, they have so many options, it feels like. And Tristan Leneau is one of those names that comes in there. And I... I'd like to know a little bit more about them or as a player overall. Yeah. Um, well, he's been in the province of Quebec. He's been hype a lot since pretty much his 14 years old season. He played midget through play at 14. He was really good. Play on the team Quebec that played the Canada games. He was the youngest defenseman on the team by everyone was a 2003 born. He was a year later and he was as good as anybody on the team. It's not better. Um, and he had a pretty good start to his junior career last year. And then this year, mm, you know, maybe the progression was not there. Um, you know, some guys are early bloomer type prospects. They, they're really good at 14, 15, and then they get to 16, 17. They're still good, but they're, they're not progressing as much as you want them to be. And other guys are just more late bloomer, and then you can see them. They're starting to catch up. Uh, so Luno, Luno is still good. Like he had close to 50 points this year. I think the major issue with him is the skating has not really progressed over the last two, three years. And, you know, it's, 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 he's lacking a bit some dynamic, uh, you know, abilities on the ice. He's smart. He's one, he's one of the smartest players from the queue, but you wish he was a bit like, more dynamic with his feet and um you know so that's hurting him a bit for me as far as like his his ranking goes and i think one of the things that you know we're talking about is in the modern nhl if you can't skate it's gonna be really hard uh we're gonna ask jerome about one more player and then a couple of high risk high reward options and all that's coming up in just one moment all right, before we get into our final segment, we want to remind you all that we will have draft coverage. We will be reacting. We will have clips immediately reacting to the picks the Canadians make. We will have a 
live reaction show later in the night. Uh, we will be covering all the things next week. So make sure you are tuned into Locked On Canadians and also Locked On NHL. There's going to be a lot of fun stuff. But in the meantime, right now, we are a few days away from the draft. And we're talking Q players. Scott, you had one more player you wanted to ask Jerome about. Yes, I, I do. Before we get into asking about some of Jerome's uh, favorite prospects in this draft that we haven't talked about yet. And it's one we had Matt Drake on to talk about him earlier in the year. Uh, it's a Jordan Dumai of the Halifax Mooseheads. He put up 109 points for them this year. And Matt loves him. And admittedly, I, I admit that I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of him. And he's ranked, you know, anywhere from the end of round two all the way through like the fourth round here. And I'm curious as someone who's probably seen more of this player, just, you know, can he overcome being five foot nine and 165 pounds and like actually be a scorer at the next level? He's the ultimate scout killer, honestly. Uh, yeah. His production is, kind of like insane when you when you think about it like his second half of the season was you know amazing like he at some point he was averaging like three point per game at, at some point like late in the year and you know Halifax was a good team but not like a, a top top team in the league so um he's a good player he's just he's five foot nine maybe maybe he's more five foot eight um um and the skating again. We we just mentioned the skating for Luno. Uh, if you're a four and you're five foot eight, five foot nine, and your skating is, you know, pretty average, there's not many there's not many of those at the NHL level. It's tough. If you're five foot, you can't play in NHL at five foot eight, five foot nine, but you have to be a good skater. Um, so is it, how much how much is he going to improve his skating going forward? It's it's almost like the impossible question to answer. Um, I mean, if he gets drafted by Tampa Bay, I'll, I'll start getting worried <laughs> because Tampa Bay has gotten... <laughs> Tampa Bay, every time the Tampa Bay drafts a player that I question the skating, I get I get worried because uh, they, they have done some great work over the years, brilliant point, one of great examples. Um, so yeah, like technically, like those five foot eight, five foot nine players that have average skating, they don't usually really play at the NHL level, but he's still young. He still have like two more years of junior. How much is skating is he gonna is how much is it gonna improve over the next two three years? I mean, it's like I said, it's impossible to really answer that. Um, but um, at some point in the draft, you have to pick him just based on his skill level and his playmaking is smart. Um, so, so yeah, he's he's not gonna go high in the draft, obviously. But you know, if you get in the Mid rounds, I think he's he's, he's going to be a pretty good value pick that could, um, you know, be a pretty good pick for a team at at this point. And that's the thing that I, you know, one of the things that you were talking about is Braden Point, right? A lot of times, like in hindsight, people are like, why didn't you pick him earlier? Why didn't we pick him earlier? Things like that. There's a lot of players where they need a little bit of work, but either the organization has the right work or the player had the tools all along. They just didn't have the right, you know, the right people, the right coaches, the right preparation to get there. I think, you know, that's that's something that I always like, I always laugh because people always look at drafts in hindsight and be like, we should have seen this coming. And I'm like, 
you know, even even the people who do this every day, there are some some players that either put in the work or they fall off. Like it's never an exact science. But um, yeah. I just I, I find it so interesting talking about players like that because they could be the steal of the draft or we could never hear from them again after two or three years. Yeah, well, I just I, I just want to add scouting is hard. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not easy. People think it's easy, but it's not. It's not. So, you know, in the Brandon Point case, I mean, I don't really remember him too much from his draft year, so it's tough to really compare, let's say, his skating compared to Dumas skating. But, um, you know, it, like I said, it's, scouting is really hard, and skate, evaluating skating is even harder. Um, so a lot of things can change over, like, if you get a good skating coach, that, that can really help too. Um, but it, some case, you know, Britain Point might be the exception to the rule. Um, so there's maybe 19 other guys like Point that never made it. So, And that's exactly it. And that's something that, like, I find really interesting. Because, like, the reason that we talk to guys like you is because you know what you're talking about, right? Like if I, like I could pull up a scouting report, but I don't, this is not my job. This is not my area of expertise. So we like hearing from you, but sometimes like we, like we'll hear something and we'll be like, okay, like, I don't know what that means. And like, you just, you can never tell until it's five years later. And that's something that, um, uh, I think it was Byron Bader that said, you know, his model is five years long because in five years you're going to be able to tell whether the, it's going to be an NHL player or or not, right, after the draft. Um, so we have a couple minutes left. So I wanted to ask you about uh, whether it's in the queue or not. I think we kind of talked about your favorite players from the queue. Like, who are your favorite later round players in the like in this draft where you think teams could potentially get a steal from them if things work out? Yeah, I don't know if he's a later round type player and then I'll 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 stick with the Quebec uh team here. Um David Gayet. Uh he's actually a kid from up north of Montreal but moved to Oxbury uh in his teens. Uh and now he's playing for the Sudbury Wolves. Uh he's a player who was drafted in the first round of the OHL draft. Obviously didn't play last year. Um and his first half of the season he looked like he was gonna be a sixth or seventh round pick the way he was playing. I think he scored like two goals in his first 25 games or something like that. Uh, and then came back after the Christmas break, and then he was one of the best OHL player in the league. Um, so I think some people think he might go in the first round. I, I'm, I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but he, he he really did everything he could in the second half of the year to you know, put himself back in the conversation for at least a top 60 pick. Um, and... And, um, you know, his play at the U18 at the end of the year was a bit, you know, not so good, but he was kind of like put on the line where, you know, he had no chance of moving up the lineup. Um, so he was put like on the third or fourth line and he was kind of stuck there. Um, but he was he was really good in the second half of the season. And I think he, if you look for like a home run type pick, uh, he, might, he might be one. He might be one in one year. You're like, wow, how did this guy that didn't go in the first round um or he might just never pan out um, um since it, this is a Montreal Canadiens podcast um when you watch him you cannot imagine that Jonathan Drouin is not a player you watch because their game is very very similar um with their smart with their stick handling with their vision so there's a lot of Jonathan Drouin when you know like qualities when you watch him 
So I think well, here's what yeah it, it one of those things is that like so on this podcast we always talk about like Jonathan Duran's strengths and there's always at least one person who's like but Jonathan Duran should be traded so um let's talk about I think we have time for one more player you think might be a home run a little bit later um one guy I, I think will go in the first round but I, I, I've seen a list that he's not always ranked there is uh Swiss defenseman Liam Biskel from uh well, actually plays in the SHL this year with Lexon. Uh, he's probably my favorite player in the draft as far as like pure entertainment. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's huge. He moves really well in the eyes. He's physical. He's nasty. Like he's like an 80s type uh, hockey player. And then they, you know, put him in the 2022 draft. Uh, but the thing with him, like I know we we're short on time, but like his puck game, Offensive game has really improved over the year. Um, his play under pressure also has improved. So that's why we put him pretty high on, on our list. Um, he's 17, I believe. Um, but then, you know, he's, he's just not like, a, he's not just a big, tough guy that can't play. He, he legit can play. But he also has like incredible physical tools. He's a bit like, uh, you know, Eric Cernak type, type player. Um, so if you get one of those guys and mid to late first round, you're pretty, pretty happy. Scott, any parting questions for Jerome? No, I think that covered everything because uh, Goyette was actually someone who was, I've looked at a little bit in that range there because he's been all over and I, I'm glad to know that, Hey, you know, other people have had their eye on him and it's not just me. Uh, I feel a lot smarter coming out of this than I did coming <laughs> into it, which is always a good thing. This is why, and I don't know if you if you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, but if you're watching, you will note that I took a lot of notes. Like this is one of those things where like I felt like I was at school, I was learning, but it was fun. Um, thank you so much, Joe. Can you tell people where they can find your work? Hockeyprospect.com. You can buy our black book there by on if you want a PDF version. If you want the print version, you can get it on Amazon. Um, and yeah, that's the. That's about it. <laughs> and you can follow Jerome on Twitter at Jerome underscore Berube. Um, and thank you so much for your time. This is like, this has been really exciting. Like I, like we don't cover the queue enough on this podcast. And I know that we have a lot of listeners that care about the queue. So I think like focusing a little bit on the eligible prospects from the queue uh, will give our listeners something a little bit different. And we have one of the smartest hockey scouting people on um and we've had some really really good experiences so thank you so so much for your time jerome um as for the rest of you if you want to follow us on twitter uh, we're at lo underscore canadians uh you can find my co-host at scott matlow you'll find me at the active stick this week is a big week for the montreal canadians and for us we'll be covering everything to do with who they pick and all of that is coming up later this week so make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow.